Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. The Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel Hammer right over there with a special guest on the 93 WIBC hotline. Kevin Bowen is one half of the morning show on our sister sports station, 107.5 The Fan. KB, I'm listening to you guys this morning, and a lot of the callers are happy. They're excited. They feel good about it. I don't know if I feel the same way. Am I like the Lone Ranger here? Because that first half I watched of the Indianapolis Colts was about as bad as it gets. Yeah, and I don't think that should be ignored. And I would agree, uh, Hammer, it felt like most of the callers today were pretty pleased. And again, I think individually, Anthony Richardson, what he showed you in the fourth quarter, you got to love, you know, so many people offering praise for the comeback. Well, why did you need a historic comeback? Yeah. And it was because a, a, a really god-awful start. I mean, it's hard to get down 23 in this league, and they did that. And I think the disappointment for me is because, you know, the Rams, you, I should say, the Colts look like the Pacific time zone team that had played on Monday night and had traveled multiple time zones home and then back for a you know, 10 a.m. local time kick. And so – uh, you know, how would this team react to a win? How would they react to a week in which, I should say, back-to-back wins? How would they react to a week in which you know, they've been praised a whole lot publicly and clearly uh, they did not get off to a good start at all? Um, so if you're going to praise Shane Steichen for the resiliency and toughness of his football team, well, don't you also have to criticize him for just how big of an egg they laid and just some of the stupid self-inflicted mistakes early on in that game, too which led to a big deficit. Again, I thought Richardson, what he showed in the fourth quarter is very promising, but still there was a lot of negatives early in that game to get down 23 nothing. What uh what happened there in overtime? It seemed who was that guy that caught the game-winning touchdown? Puka. P- P- Puka Nakua, yeah. It seemed like he was able to pirouette into the end zone. Like he dosy doed into that thing. He was so <laughs> wide open. Where I mean that was was that was that a third down throw? That was a third and four nine. It looked like a little uh, that social distancing defense by the Colts that we back to a couple years ago. And again, of all the guys, Puka Nakua's got a funny name. He's a very good football player. He's a rookie, but has already been outstanding early in his career. Up to that point, Matthew Stafford had thrown the ball in his direction nine times in the game, and he caught eight of those nine, which for those kind of unfamiliar, that is an extremely high ratio for a receiver. You know, it's not like this is some dink and dunk to a tight end. But that's what Stafford does, though, isn't it, KB? Like when Cooper Cup was healthy, he was that guy, and now it's this new kid. Sure. Yeah, yeah, no, that's – that's a great point, and I think the frustration again becomes with you know your defensive plan was unable to quiet limit him, however you want to describe it. And then overtime gets there, and you know for those that have seen the play, clearly there's some miscommunication between Kenny Moore and the rookie Juju Brents. Uh, and then when the snap happens, they both go to the the second string tight end Bryson Hopkins. <laughs> and in, in my opinion, and I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but I certainly would have said this. You know, at the start of overtime, it's almost like when you break the huddle from the sideline at that point of the game. It should be one, two, three, anybody but Puka. Like, literally, yeah. anybody but him. In the first play of overtime, he makes the big play. And then again, uh, there on the lone third down, it was a pretty seamless drive for Matthew Stafford. Uh, he is wide the blank open. 
and then gets into the end zone. So I think that's what adds to the frustration. Yep. Yes, you can sit here and, again, throw in the individual performance of Anthony Richardson and the expectations for this season weren't very high. But the reality is this. The Rams are a middling NFC team. They had a lot of disadvantages at play for them to come into this game. And for the seventh straight game, if you're a Colt season ticket holder, you've walked out of Lucas Oil Stadium and seen a losing team play at home. I mean, that's seven straight home losses. Uh, it's one of the longest in the era of the Indianapolis Colts. So I think it's fair to have some frustration while also acknowledging, again, individually Richardson's development is certainly paramount. Kevin Bowen joining us from 107.5 The Fan. So looking at the calendar, if I'm putting my Beach Grove High School and Ball State education to work here, KB, I see that we are now past week four, which means that Jonathan Taylor can come off of the pup list Will we see him with the football in his hands Sunday when the Titans come to town? Yeah, again, still kind of waiting confirmation on that. I'd be a little bit surprised. I mean, we can debate how healthy he's been or or, or not been over the last 10 months. The reality is he has not participated in a Colts practice due to some sort of physical slash contractual issue uh, (laughs) since December 16th of last season. And, I mean, if you add up all the practices the Colts have had since then, I mean, you're getting, you know, in the 50 range. So, you know, if I'm going off past precedent, just putting the contract thing to the side, if I go off past precedent, the guy that misses 50-some straight practices, he's probably not going to play with just three days of ramp-up time. Now, I think you probably have to acknowledge, too, you know, he plays a position where you obviously can rotate guys, and it's not like he needs to be out there for, you know, his normal workload per se. And, I think a lot of this depends on what does Taylor want and what does the Colts want. Does Taylor view this as a four-game audition, if you will, for other teams around the league with the NFL trade deadline coming up on Halloween? Do the Colts view it as something of like, hey, we need you now. It's a critical divisional game. We we only get you for six or eight carries. We'll we'll happily take that. There's so many fascinating storylines to this, but again, just going off of how NFL guys who have usually missed that much time. And we do know Taylor had surgery in January. So clearly there's some physical issue there. Um, I, I would venture to guess that this Sunday is a bit of a long shot. Hey, by, by the way, KB, just real quick, you owe me like $150. I, uh, <laughs> I'm going to place a bet on anytime touchdown score. And I was, I was yeah, thinking about doing Moale. I was thinking about doing Moale Cox, and so I go, I'll text Kevin Bowen because he had a great he had a great stat. Uh, last sixteen games, <laughs> only ten total catches. The tight end Moale Cox. I go, I'm not betting on that guy anytime touchdown score. And then lo, lo and behold, oh, there you go. Due, so, I, I, I met. I met. I meant he was due for it. Oh, oh, you meant he was due! Damn it! Oh, okay. All right, fine. Uh, KB, one more thing here before we let you go. I find myself yelling at the television, <laughs> yelling at the radio because of the lack of production of Alec Pierce. Oh, yeah. This guy was drafted to be the the home run hitter. He was athletic. He's tall. You could throw him those jump balls. He's the white Randy Moss. Let's go. And the dude has been a non-factor. Is he a bust? Yeah, I, I think right now, considering where he was drafted, he certainly is not lived up to what you would have hoped for. Um, now, again, this is a year and a half into his NFL career. And Reggie Wayne, his position coach, would be the first one to point out to you. It took Reggie, you know, two, more like three years. Now, Reggie would say he, he thought he had earned a spot a little higher on the depth chart. 
at that point, and there are some injuries that played into it. Pierce, for the most part, has been pretty healthy. Um, to me right now, Hammer, it, it, he's a one-trick pony, and you saw the one trick on Sunday. I mean, he has an ability to make some deep ball plays. Um, Anthony Richardson, that kind of plays into his strength as well. We haven't seen a lot of that dialed up this season. But I think to be more of a complete wideout, to not be kind of an obvious guy on a scouting report, you've got to be able to do a little bit else. And I don't feel like that has been there for him. So um, that is something that, you know, he's got to kind of round out his route tree, if you will, become a little bit more of a complete wideout. And the Colts desperately need it because, again, the support for Anthony Richardson is paramount moving forward. So, yeah, I mean, right now, you know, again, where he was drafted, he certainly has not lived up to it. You know, a lot of people would, would, would counter and say, well, it's still early in his career. He hasn't even reached the midway point of that. That's fair. Um, the deep play potential is something he showed as a rookie. And, again, he showed it yesterday. You just need more of it. And, frankly, yesterday, I, I, I throw all the wideouts together. You, you, you can't have a game where your top three wideouts, Michael Pittman, Alex yeah. Pierce, and Josh Downs, combine for four catches. I mean, this, I mean, this is – this is the NFL. The forward pass has been around for quite a while here. You, you, you cannot have that poor of a day from your wideout group. So I did think that was something that was a factor yesterday. 30 seconds are left, though. Is that Richardson's fault? Because Richardson, his scouting report from Florida, was a guy that didn't really throw the ball to the wide receivers well. He was just a dynamic athlete that can make plays. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of everybody. I mean, again, Richardson was 44% yesterday from a completion percentage standpoint. That's not the end-all, be-all, but you need that number to be higher. He showed some big playability yesterday, but you still have got to hit a few singles and doubles to stay out of obvious situations where Aaron Donald just pins his ears back and takes a number. So it, it, it's a little bit of your wideout group, certainly. It's a little bit of Richardson. I think it's some on play calling and some on the, on the personnel that Chris Ballard has gotten at the receiver position, which I think has been too underwhelming of a group in the Ballard era. So uh, if I had a slice of the pie, I, I'd say a little bit of everything. But, again, Richardson's strength as a thrower is supposed to be the default. So, theoretically, him and Pierce should have some sort of connection. We'll see how it plays out the rest of the year. Check him out on the morning show, 107.5 The Fan, KB and Andy. Kevin Bowen, you're the best. Thank you. Thanks, guys.